This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast brought to you by Art Wiederman, CPA with Ide Bailey. Whether it's taxes and investing or planning wisely, Art is the expert to make your dental practice profitable. At Ide Bailey, what inspires you inspires us. We provide a suite of accounting and advisory services dedicated to the total care of your practice. Visit our website to access our tools and resources tailored for dentists, idebailey.com slash dentist. That's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com slash dentist. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Art Wiederman, CPA, and Ide Bailey, LLP are not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information or opinions shared. If you have questions and or feedback, make sure to email Art over at awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. You can also give Art a call at 657-279-3243. Without further delay, here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Art Wiederman. I'm a director in the dental division of Ide Bailey CPAs, and I'm very excited to have you with me today. And uh, we're recording right around Labor Day, and uh, believe it or not, folks, we're two-thirds of the way through this year, and uh, I'm sure many of us would like to see this year come to an end, but I will tell you that we've got a lot of great things that you can do in your dental office to to get uh, to the end of this year and to go to 2021. And what I've been doing um, during the COVID-19 pandemic is a couple things. We've been talking about, you know, the PPP and EIDL programs and everything that we, that the government has put out there. And as soon as we have an update as to what the government's going to do, which we're hoping is going to be sometime right after Labor Day, we'll do a show on that and bring you up to date on that. But what I really want to do is I want to provide you resources of the best people in dentistry, the best coaches, the best advisors in dentistry um, to give you great information. And we have one of the best in the country today. We have uh, Miss Kira Dent, uh, who has a company called The Dental A-Team. And we're going to talk about lots of tips for you to make your dental practice better. How do we get rid of cancellations, verbal skills? All kinds of things. And and when you listen to podcasts, you know, you don't get 60 minutes of things that you can use in your office. I mean, 10 minutes of my podcast are my dumb jokes, so you don't get any of that. But what I'm hoping is that you're going to be able to take maybe two or three or four things from this podcast and some of the other ones that we're going to be doing and, and use it in your dental office. So I uh, want to give you a little bit of information before we get started with Kira. Um, so... Uh, what I want to tell you is that our wonderful, wonderful sponsor, Decisions in Dentistry, um, go onto their website. You can get copies of all of our podcasts, www.decisionsindentistry.com. Uh, they have an uh, they have a program where you can get access to their over 140 continuing education courses uh, that they do. Uh, for example, um, um, dental handpiece care and processing treatment of peri-implant disease, um, diagnosing pre-malignant and malignant uh, white lesions. Those are the types of courses that you will get on their website. And if you're looking for a complimentary consultation uh, with me or a member of our Academy of Dental CPAs, um, go on to their website, click on the link, and we'll get you get you hooked up. Uh, if you're looking for a dental CPA anywhere in the United States, I'd Bailey, we're in Southern California, give us a call. Uh, again, my phone number is 657-279-3243. Email is awiederman at idebailey.com. And uh, go on to the website of the ADCPA, which is www.adcpa.org. 24 of the best CPA firms in the country representing close to 10,000 dentists. One other thing I want to share with you, um, on September 12th, my good friend Mark Rosen from Rosen and Associates in Boston is going to be is a sponsor of a virtual Parkinson's walk. Um, 
And what I'd like to do is is tell you about that and and have you go ahead and give him um, send him an email if you want more information at m rosen at rosencpagroup.com. That's September the twelfth. Um, if you want to go ahead and do that. All right, well, let's get to my guest because we have lots of really great information. Um, Kira Dent is the president and CEO of the Dental A-Team, uh, which is a, a national dental consulting group. Uh, Kira is actually out of Reno, Nevada. Um, one of the things I liked when I looked at the information that she sent me is uh, the core values of her company. She uses the anagram FIRE, which is fun, integrity, results, and all done with ease. Uh, Kira is actually a fellow podcaster, and um, she has a, a podcast called the Dental A-Team Podcast. So, Kira Dent, welcome to the Art of Dental Finance and Management. Art, thank you so much, and thanks for that glowing uh, introduction. And gosh, it sounds like so many fun things you're offering. Um, you guys, get on over. Those CE courses that you were listing off, Art, sound incredible, especially right now. We're in September historically known as September across the nation. <laughs> so it tends to be uh, a slower month for dental offices across the nation. So I think this is definitely the time to maximize that downtime and art. It is an honor to be here, a privilege to be here. So thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Well, you're, you're, you're very, very kind. And, and this is all about helping our dentists out there. I mean, you know, they're out there, many of them in a vacuum, and they've been listening to, uh, I mean, uh, many of them are podcast and webcasted out, and everything is virtual, and there's no dental meetings, and there's no this, and there's no that. There is golf, which is There great. is golf. <laughs> the saving golf. grace of all things, golf. The saving grace of life is that there's golf. So, here I also noticed uh, on some of the information I, I looked on your website and, and that you sent me is that, so you're obsessed with cotton candy and traveling. How does that work? <laughs> I'm such a five-year-old over here. Um, I love cotton <laughs> candy. Um, I'm 34 years old and I'm obsessed. So if I go to an ice cream store or Rita's is one of my favorites, if it's got cotton candy on the menu, you can guarantee I will always order cotton candy. So I've even had um, some clients and friends ship me different types of cotton candy from their areas of the United States. And I will tell you, cotton candy is just a fun thing to have. I mean, it's great. Even even Dairy Queen right now has a cotton candy dipped cone, if everybody out there wants to know. I'll give it a fair rating. It's not a great rating. So, so, so are you depressed because the fact that there's no state fair, because that's where you get your cotton candy <laughs> exactly. right now. now? Actually, South Dakota is doing their state fair. Oh, but stop. they're kind of in their own. They're kind of in their own world. But yes. anyway, yeah, I heard no that Utah was in do, South Dakota. I know Utah um, was doing rodeos and state fairs as well, and I was so jealous because I also love rodeos. Um, but yes, I just I do appreciate cotton candy and um, traveling. It's funny because I made a vision board about five years ago, and on there I had a typodont because I love dentistry, and right next to it was travel the world. And it's ironic that now with the consulting business, I literally get to travel the world and helping offices. So it really blends my two favorite passions together. But absolutely traveling, I think seeing people in their in different areas of the world just expand me as a person. I love seeing different cultures, different uh, communities, different people. It, it's, it's a huge, huge passion of mine. We actually went to Antarctica right before the pandemic. I was, Did you really? I, what was that like? Oh, gosh. Well, I thought... I, okay, we have an hour. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. I thought, like many other people, that uh, coronavirus really wasn't anything crazy. I mean, this is in February. So I had a goal to hit all seven continents, and I only have one continent left. So we are going to Antarctica. People were wearing masks, but it wasn't crazy. And then we went to Antarctica, and when we were on the ship, they had asked us, do you, um, like they were giving away a three-week cruise afterwards to go even further down into Antarctica. And I looked at my husband. It was so cheap compared to what we'd already paid. And I was like, come oh, yeah. on, let's do it. Like, we'd get to go see the emperor penguins. I loved it. And my husband's like, no way. Get me home. The Drake Passage, which if nobody's gone through it, it's either the Drake Shake or the Drake Lake. And we were fortunate enough to get the Drake Shake. And he was so seasick. Um, and so we decided not to go. <laughs> um, but the... 
the people that went on our exact same ship after us. So they dropped us off in Argentina, picked up another crew. A lot of our friends that we had met stayed to go further down. Um, that boat actually got stuck in the ocean for about three to four Ugh. weeks. Um, they weren't allowed to come back on land because of the pandemic. So I feel I just skirted right back into the United States just you in did. time. So I love I love that. Well, I unfortunately had to, you said you're 34. I had to cancel my 35th wedding anniversary trip oh, to Spain and Portugal, but we're it. planning that for next year. But, you know, again, this too shall pass. And yes. I have a saying, I, I have a saying in my, on my podcast, I say every week here, which is failure is not an option and it's not. So let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's give some, uh, give our listeners some really good tips. Let's start off sure. with how do we hire an A team member? I know that, um, you know, hiring is one of the, I mean, I, I ran my own CPA firm before I merged with HMWC and now I Bailey for 33 years and hiring was not one of my favorite things. In fact, I had some people that interviewed really well. And then when they started working, I said, did you like have an out of body experience <laughs> when you came to interview with me? Because you're not the same person. Mm-hmm. So how do we hire an A team person? Cause right now we got, we got lots of dentists, you know, in this pandemic who, Team members are leaving. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be in dentistry. You're seeing that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And Art, when um, you had asked me if I wanted to be on your podcast, I was trying to think um, in the dental A team, my goal is to always have tangible items that can help your practice today um, that are easy that you can just implement. And so um, some of the best tips for hiring it is. It's tricky. I've heard of, we, we've coached over 165 offices where we physically have gone to their practice. Um, I used to be an office manager and treatment coordinator, scheduler, biller, taught at a dental college. So we own dental practices. We just, we, I try really hard to be on both sides of the coin of the owner and the team member. And I'm seeing just the, the hardship right now of hiring. So that's why I really wanted to give some tips on hiring. Um, <laughs> you know, when I first started a business, like many entrepreneurs out there, I decided to make multiple businesses right away out of the get-go, fed my ego, and I realized how crazy it is to run many businesses very well. Um, and we used to have a company called Dental Placement Pros, and I felt like a little matchmaker um, because I had worked at Midwestern University's Dental College in Glendale. And so I had all these dentists that needed jobs, and I knew all these doctors who needed associates. So I thought, fantastic. We're going to start this cool company called Dental Placement Pros, and we're going to match them together. Well, what I will say is that company was not a good company to do, but it taught us a lot about how to hire and hire really, really well. So I've hired hundreds of people, all different positions. Um, and what I would say, the best tip that I can give you right now Well, there's a couple, Um, but the first one is write a really, really, really good ad. I think often we forget that writing a good ad is the first impression of your practice and also it's what's going to get you results. So I can do a podcast uh, analogy since you're a podcaster as well, but I've noticed and I'm sure you have too, it does not matter how good my content is on the podcast. What matters is what my title is. So if I have a really good title, people will click it and download it. It does not matter. I can have the best material, but if my title is crummy, nobody clicks on it or it has less downloads than the really good ones, right? You're right. So I think I'm going to start every podcast with uh, how you can get more money with I mean, that, that would get their attention. <laughs> it would. Right? You're exactly right. So when I'm like, I have a girl who actually um, has a master's in, in, writing. And the reason I chose her to write my podcast is because she writes really good titles for me. And um, so it's the same thing with your resumes and or people looking for it. They're going to click on ads that are eye catching. So I write really, really, really unique titles for ads. And also I write really unique ads. Um, So for example, the title could be uh, rockstar dental hygienist needed or superstar office manager needed for growing practice. Um, and I capitalize the superstar because if you go look on Indeed or Craigslist or ZipRecruiter, most of the ads for dental hygienists say dental hygienist, dental, dental hygienist. hygienist yeah. So how on earth are you supposed to stand out amongst hundreds of offices wanting the same thing? So I would, I think of hiring right now, everyone's zigging. How can you zag? So make a fun title, get, I call my like, create a super sexy title, a super fun title that someone's going to click on and then write a really good ad to back it up. 
because because in my mind, it like what you just said, um, looking for a rock star hygienist. In my mind, when I read that, I say, "Wow, that sounds like they're fun." Mm-hmm. It sounds like sounds like they've got a, a killer office and they're looking to add another really great team member. That that's what when you said that to me, that's what I first envisioned. So that makes a lot of sense. Fantastic! I'm glad. Thank you for that uh, confirmation on that because I found that you have to get people to click your ad. That's the first thing. So you've got to post ads, and I will tell you, I don't know what it is, but. Monday nights or Tuesday morning. I don't know. I think people get ticked off on Monday and decide they're going to go look for jobs. So whatever it is, Tuesday ads tend to perform better. Um, and then also Thursday after like evening or Friday morning. Those are my two favorite times to post ads. Um, and a quick little information on how it works. Craigslist, believe it or not, people still come off of Craigslist, but that's a time-stamped post. So pay attention. Most people post in the middle of the day when they're thinking about it. So they're going to post at say 12 o'clock. Well, that gets lost in all the ads. So be strategic when you're going to post. So I like 6 a.m., 5 a.m., 5, 6, 7 p.m. That's when people are going to actually be scrolling, looking for ads. So you're actually gonna be at the top of the list. So that's a w- one way on Craigslist and on Indeed. Indeed is probably my favorite place to hire, but Indeed is SEO based. So if you want a dental hygienist, make sure your ad and your title use the word dental, hygiene, hygienist, all those words a ridiculous amount of times. Your ad is going to feel kind of funny to you, but it's going to show up higher in the search because Indeed runs off of SEO. So that's a huge tip. Also with Indeed, I personally, um, I actually will typically run one, two, or three ads simultaneously for the same position, just with different titles. And that way I can watch to see which ad, which title performs better. Which one does better. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of people just post one ad, but my thoughts are, guys, you can post as many as you want and how bad do you want to hire? So I like to run three ads simultaneously with different titles. Um, and you don't have to put your practice name in there. You can actually write confidential dental practice. So they're not seeing that it's the same ad. Um, but then you can see which one's actually performing and also a tip for Indeed, sponsor it. And then a lot of people will just, they'll change their ad, but they never repost the ad. And what happens is the date, so let's say it's today, it's right before Labor Day, I'm posting an ad and I don't get anybody and now it's September 14th and then September 21st, but I'm changing my ad title. What happens is people won't click on your ad because your original post date was 9-7 not 914 or 921, so they don't think it's as relevant. So you have to post more regularly. So I typically will post one, two, or three ads simultaneously, and then I also will make new ones two or three times a week. So when I go to hire, I'm aggressive and I'm consistent to make sure that we're actually getting people to come in. And then I'm watching to see which ad performs or doesn't and shut it down. And also on Indeed, I do sponsor all of my ads because the sponsor ads will show up higher. And my thoughts are, if I'm going to hire, let's get it done. Let's not have this take a long time. So so let's uh, that that's fantastic information. But I want to take this to the next step. Now we get the candidates. They come in the office, okay? Um, I I have a saying in my life that 75% of any major decision you make in your life, buy a house, buy a business, get married, all this kind of stuff is in your gut. So I think it's the same thing with interviewing. So how about some tips, because I got so much more I want to talk to you about. How about some tips on when we get that candidate into the office, what are some good questions? What are you looking for? You're looking for body language. What are you looking for? A super good question, Art. Um, and I will tell you guys, I've had a lot of people reach out to us to hire. And what I actually did is I made how to hire your unicorn. So if you guys pop on to the dentalyteam.com backslash hiring, we have a whole hiring course where I have all the forms, all the questions, everything we use. And if you use the coupon code hire seven, because I think seven's a lucky number. So why not give you some good luck? Um, all of this information, I even have sample ads, sample interview questions, and I go through. So art to your question, I go through a phone interview question and I do the exact same questions for every person I interview. That way it's apples to apples, not apples to pears, apples to bananas. And I can't remember the questions I asked Art versus the questions I asked Sarah. Um, It really helps streamline your process and then you can follow your gut, but you also have facts to back it up. So some of my favorite questions um, when I'm doing a phone interview, 
I don't like to waste time, so I get right to the chase. My top three questions are, does the pay work for them? Because if not, I don't want to waste time. And I literally say, all right, guys, I'm going to roll out my dirty laundry. And if it works, high five, we'll continue on. And if not, high five, I don't want to waste either of our time. So I ask about hours, pay, and then location. Because oftentimes people think a 30, 45 minute commute will work for them. But if it's if they're too far away, I know they're not going to last. They're just desperate right now. So those are my top three questions I ask right out the get-go. My shortest interview I've ever had, I think, was 55 seconds. My, <laughs> um, because I just, there's no reason to talk longer if they're not going to fit. And also, when I was an office manager, I used to try to make the position fit the person versus making the position and then finding the person who fits it. So I needed evening hours, but people would tell me they didn't want evening. So I'd be like, well, we could probably make this work. And my thoughts are, no, you know what you need. Find the person that fits. Don't try to adjust it, especially at the beginning. Um, So those are my three favorite questions to ask right away. And then after that, some other questions I love to ask, and I'm happy to share any of this art, no problem at all. Um, I like to ask maybe what was the last book they read? Um, I want to see if they're active learners. Another question is, if we were celebrating one year from now, what would we be celebrating? And I ask that question because I'm looking to see if the person's going to answer with I comments or if they're going to answer with we comments. If they say I, I know they're maybe a harder team member to work with. They're probably a little more conceited and they might think their way's the right way. And versus a we, they're a team player and they're focused on the team result. So you can get a lot just by small cues when they're answering those questions. I've always said when it comes to hiring people, whether it's in a dental office, an accounting office, a manufacturing business, you know, I can teach skills. I can't teach attitude. How do you feel about that? I completely agree. Um, The only area I will say doctors struggle to teach skills are the front office. So I say often hire the dental A team if you need help with the front office or honestly, if you're a new practice, I strongly, and I'm happy to help you guys. Like if you even send over resumes, say, Kira, what do you think of this person? More than happy to do that for anybody out there listening. Um, if you don't know the front office, because hiring, if you're a brand new practice, hiring a really strong office manager or biller or outsourcing those those tips uh, or those um, projects, I guess, that's going to help you because that is a harder skill to teach, but absolutely personality their attitude, all of that, like hire for culture. Don't hire yeah. just based on their skill set either. Uh, that, that's great. I want to jump to some other topics. Um, I know that one of the biggest frustrations my doctors have are, are cancellations. You know, you should have less than, you know, you know, you have cancellations and you have no shows, which are two different definitions. But how, how do we minimize, uh, you're never going to eliminate cancellations. You and I both know that that's just not going to happen. How can we minimize cancellations in a dental office? So uh, something that I think is really fun with cancellations is I love to look for patterns. And I think it's important to look to see what type of patients are canceling. Because if you can figure it out, often people come to me and say, hey, I have all these cancellations. But if we do a just a smidge of digging. They're not, there's not a lot. And then I'll also give you guys some verbiage, but a smidge of digging will tell me, is it, is it our new patients? And if it's our new patients, I've got a solution for that. Is it your hygiene patients? If so, I've got a solution for that. Or is it our doctor patients? I have a solution for that. So depending upon which one is canceling, there's different solutions. Yes, there's an overarching one, but there's, there's specifics for those three different types of patients that you can actually start to eliminate. Okay, and I'm sure you have some of that on your website, which I want you to, uh, a couple of things before, because I've got, again, some other things. Number one, I want to I want to share that, that Kira is going to be participating, and, and I think she's one of the featured speakers, in a women's dental summit. I think it's in, in, in November, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's our sister company. So, so, talk about that. Yeah, you got it. So um, I am a partner in Women Dentist Connect. Dr. Summer Casmel and myself, we created the company Women Dentist Connect, and it is a company towards uh, women professionals in the dental field. So it doesn't just have to be dentists. It can be treatment coordinators, office managers. It can be spouses. Anyone who's a female in the dental industry, we want to connect with you. And so November 13th and 14th, because, hey, 
it's 2020 art. Why don't we throw an event on Friday the 13th? Like, that's what we're doing this Why year. Why not? <laughs> Why not? How, how much worse can it get, right? <laughs> exactly. So um, on November 13th and 14th, Summer and I will be putting on um, an event where we're going to talk about mom guilt. We're going to talk about systems and structure, accountable teams. Um, we're going to also have a really cool speaker lineup with Dr. Desiree Yazden, who will be teaching how to grow your practice um, through social media. She has 165,000 followers on social, and she's grown her cosmetic wow. practice from that. Um, we have Dr. Mark Costas, our one male speaker at the event. Um, he's the DSI owner and one of my partners. We also have Aaron Elliott, oh, Dr. Aaron Elliott for sleep apnea. Um, we have Dr. Amanda Wilson, and she's going to talk about how to incorporate ortho into your practice. And then Summer and I will be talking about how to um, do time management and work-life integration together using personal assistance and executive assistance. So it's going to be a ton of fun. Tickets are on sale There's right now. There's nothing going on at the summit, right? It, it sounds no. like it's pretty... <laughs> Jeez, Louise, man, what's this lasting like three months or something? I, I mean, know. No, it's, uh, so sounds wonderful. I the, the sleep apnea is near and dear to me because my dentist diagnosed mine, and I've been sleeping with a CPAP. My audience knows this for fifteen years, yeah. and he probably saved my life, quite frankly. And mm-hmm. um, you know, there's forty million people in America who have this affliction, and um, you know, again, what what we teach our doctors is, you know, they don't fix teeth. Uh, they are, you know, it's, it's about a better relationship, a better self-esteem, a better quality of life. And if you can do that, my God, that's your legacy. That, that's so, that's so great. Absolutely. And so for any male doctors or team members listening, um, send your teams to it. We're going to do it virtual so your whole team can participate. It's a great, they'll get CE through it and everything. And um, we have a whole team bundle for it. So that's womendennisconnect.com and Art, to your point, I am so excited to be adding in things like sleep and ortho that I think a lot of doctors can use right now. Um, plus, Ide Bailey is one of our sponsors. So thank you to Ide Bailey for for representing um, and supporting us as well. I've heard of Ide Bailey. Oh, I work for them. Right. <laughs> I've heard of that great company. <laughs> okay. So, so, and then just give out your, so your website and your contact information, and then we'll do it once at the end, and then we'll move on to some other things yeah, I want to talk course. to you about. So if you guys want to come to the Women Dentist Connect, uh, come, it's our summit. It's on November 13th and 14th. The website is womendentistconnect.com. And right now it is early bird special pricing through the end of September. Nice. Okay. All right. Let, let's talk about, I mean, one of my big hot buttons with dentists, Kira, is um, recare unscheduled treatment plans. I, I get doctors all the time. Art, I, you got to refer me to a, to a, to a marketing company. I need new patients. I need new patients. I'm not getting new patients. I go, have you looked at your uncompleted treatment plan report lately? And, and I even get a couple of them say, well, where do I find that in your dental software? Mm-hmm. So, you know, so you have magic phrases I hear. <laughs> uh, uh, tell me about your. So how do we how do we pull production? Because right now, you know, we know that fifteen to twenty percent of the people uh, in America are still afraid to go to the dentist. That that's mm-hmm. a fact, I, and that's what I've seen. I'm sure you've seen that too. So we've got to ramp up our production and complex care and all this stuff. So so. I want to hear your magic phrases. Do they have anything to do with cotton candy is what I want. I wish that'd be so much better. No, they don't, but it would be, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, so, um, a magic phrase with recare and unscheduled treatments. So there's two quick things on that. Um, working in the dental office, I didn't enjoy making phone calls for recare and unscheduled treatment. If you want to torture me, make me have make those calls. I did not <laughs> like doing them. So I got really good back to the cancellations. I call it not letting patients break up with me first and foremost. So I got really good at that first and foremost. Um, and there's just ways to, you know, if somebody's calling to cancel instead of saying, sure, let me let you cancel, I would say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. What's going on? Make them tell me why they're trying to cancel with me. And that's a magic phrase, that little, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. What's going on is a great way to prevent your cancellations. But for recare and unscheduled treatment, um, something that I did calling patients was, yes, you're right, Art, pull those reports and divide it amongst your team and have a set expectation that by the end of the month, all these patients have been contacted at least once and have a report back so you can see that they've all been contacted. Um, I actually like to create uh, codes that go in my software so I can see that they were called once or twice or three times and I can run a report through my software at the end of the month to show how many calls were actually placed. Um, But the phrase that I love to say is, Hi, Art. This is Kira calling from All Smiles Dental. I was calling regarding your account. Give me a quick call back. 
And the reason I say account is because one, that's HIPAA compliant. Two, I am I do want them to think they owe money even though they don't. And three, that it's all like their entire thing, recare unscheduled treatment, that is truly all part of their account. So what happens, and I usually will make that phone call and then I send a text message to the patient right away as well because most patients look at text messages more than they look at voicemails. So you really can ramp that up and I will promise you if your team will say that, hey, this is Kara calling regarding your account, give me a quick call back, I promise you your patients will call you. I promise they will call. But also make sure you're placing those calls during what I love to call the sizzle time, meaning like before they go to work, at lunch, or at the end of the day. Those are your sizzle times in the day. So make sure your calls when you're making them actually are counting. Kish, I want to ask you a question because I run into this a lot. Again, I'm a, I'm a quasi-management consultant. I know enough to be dangerous. Okay, perfect. And I get people asking me all kinds of stuff and legal questions and HR questions. But So so I get the comment when we talk about uncompleted sque- uh, treatment plan reports, they go, You know, Art, here's my problem. My front office person is constantly complaining. They don't have enough time to check in and check out the patients and bill Mm -hmm. insurance, all this stuff. So how do we get the time in the dental office to get someone to go into a quiet room? Because it's not just one phone call. There's lots of people that have Mm -hmm. uncompleted treatment. How do we do that? Okay, really good question. So I I love efficiency. And so similar to you, Art, I have been working in the industry for several years, and I purposely built the consulting company to help the dental students know the best of the best people out there. So one quick tip is Medento is one of the companies I love and they actually have a ringless voicemail. So you can actually t- like call all these patients with a click of a button and the doctor can actually rec- pre-record a voicemail. So that- Kira, say the name of the company again. Sure. It's Medento.io. Um, and that company, they do a ton of other things, but to your point, if your team's saying they don't have time, well, there is a company out there that has a solution and it's not very expensive. And they also will allow you to just do the ringless voicemail option on your own. So it would be for, you could do that for welcoming new patients in. It can be for your post-op calls. It can be for your unscheduled treatment calls, your recare calls. Every one of those, you could create a voicemail and then all your front office team has to do is just identify those patients and send these voicemails out. And they, so it's really cool. It doesn't actually ring on the phone. It delivers a voicemail to the patient um, and you can use a similar thing to text them as well. So if they don't have time, that's one option. But I'm also gonna caveat from that and say, one of my favorite things to do is to help offices see how to block schedule their front office's time. Because if we just allow our days to happen, that's a very reactive process versus a proactive process. So my standard in my practices that I own or the practices I worked in, our team knew that they had to do the entire list. And they, I mean, one of our consultants required a hundred calls a day with her team. Um, I, I didn't care. I just expected them to get through the entire list by the end of the month. And that was their, that was just the expectation we had. And so what I found is people don't have time if it's not a priority to the doctor, if it's just a passive thing. If you have the standard and say, hey, this is what needs to be done, your team will find time. There's lots of little snippets of time. I also am a real big believer of admin time for all front office. So at least one hour of quote unquote uninterrupted quiet time per team member every single week for the front office especially can really help bring that AR down, get those unscheduled treatment calls, like actual calls to them, get those recare calls made. But again, if your team really truly is struggling, maybe you've lost team members, Medento is a phenomenal efficiency way that will free up more time for other how things. Do, how do you spell that? That's M-O- D-E-N-T-O dot I-O. So Medento.io, it's a huge efficiency saver for you guys. And they're one of my favorite companies out there. I'm really picky on companies. And, and, and does it sound like they're calling from your dental office? Yes. So Art, if you were the dentist, you would actually record a voicemail. So you would say, hi, this is oh. Dr. Art. I was calling. Um, I noticed you weren't scheduled for your treatment. I'm concerned about getting that taken care of. I'd love to see you next week. Give us a call back. So uh, literally, Art, so, you create the voicemail as the doctor or the hygienist, and it will automatically go to their phones. So it's a computer system that takes your voicemail and, and, and calls all these people. I see. And it doesn't actually ring, like I said. So you know how sometimes you travel and you're like, what the? Why do I have a voicemail? Like, it didn't even ring. That's exactly <laughs> what this software does. There you go. 
Now, I, I know that you have a, um, uh, we were talking about, you, you have a, a trick that will allow dentists to increase case acceptance from 50 to 90%. Because I, I will tell you, I, I use, you know, some of the dental metrics programs like you do, like you and I were talking about, and it tells you what the case acceptance is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, most doctors' case acceptance, I think, is, well, probably not your clients, but most of the doctors out there are probably in the 30 to 50% range, mm -hmm. if that. I don't know if that's what you've seen. So you have a trick that will allow them um, to, uh, to go from 50 to 90%. All right. So how does I, that, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, and our, for today's podcast, I really wanted to just give you guys like five things you can do today to change your practice. So like, I don't care if you take one or five or, but just do something. So this one, um, I actually tested it in quite a few offices and I was gracious. I actually took the practice from 50% to a hundred percent in one day implementing this. Um, and so it's just a consistency and we call it, <laughs> I need to come with a better acronym, but it's N-D-T-R. So um, one office called it the neuter, and that just sounds so ridiculous, but hey, you neuter? won't forget it. Um, you can remember it by uh, New Dentist, Tough Road, North Dakota Totally Rocks, Never Date the Rookie. <laughs> I don't care what you choose to remember it by. <laughs> Never Date the Rookie? Um, that came from a Chicago office. So I've heard all the ways to remember this little acronym. But if you will, so doctors... I'm going to teach you just a quick way to help your patients say yes, and then it becomes the perfect handoff for your back office to your front office, and it will literally increase your case acceptance because the patient actually knows what they need to come back for. So N actually stands for the next visit, D stands for the date range to return, T stands for time needed, and R stands for recare scheduled. Okay, so I've even had offices buy stamps and get them on Vistaprint um, and stamp them on their route slips. If you have open dental, you can just pre-put this on there and highlight it. It's a really, really, really convenient way. So doctors in your exam, if so, let's say are, I'm your doctor, okay, and you're my patient, I would say to you, okay, Art, so I've already done your comprehensive exam. I've told you, you need to get a crown done, you need some fillings done, and you need your SRP, well, doctors, you've got to prioritize which one's first. Like Art needs to know with complete clarity what he's coming back for. Because one of the number one reasons I found as a treatment coordinator, my treatment um, plans I used to do, I started out doing, you know, you're like $1,000, $5,000 treatment plans. And when I ended in a practice, I was doing fifty dollars to $80,000 treatment plans. I was doing implant cases. And I had about a, I had an 85% success close rate on those big treatment plans same day. Um, and what I found is when, people would come in, the reason that they would get confused is because the doctor wasn't clear of what they needed to come back for, or the doctor made it very wishy-washy of like, well, if you can get it done, great. Or like, let's get this done as soon as possible. Um, or, you know, I'd really like to see you soon. And what I started figuring out is soon is very different and relative for each person. Soon for right. art might be tomorrow soon for my mom because she hates the dentist is never so um yeah, or so, somewhere in between exactly and so what we found is if you do this next visit date time on all of your exams your patients have clarity and your case acceptance will increase so for the example art you've got the crown the fillings the srp so if i was your doctor i would say all right art so we're going to get you started i want to start in that upper right with that crown that's where we're going to start. And I'd like to see you back um, within the next two weeks. And I'll need about an hour and a half for that appointment. I can't wait to see you. What questions do you have for me? But right now, Art, you know exactly. Crown, two weeks, hour and a half. Because oftentimes patients don't know how long a crown takes. So they think, oh gosh, I've got to take the whole day off of work. Or they don't know. They're like, I heard crown. I heard fillings. I heard SRP. I don't know what any of those words mean. So there's confusion, and when we have confusion, we don't close because we can't execute. They say complexity is the enemy of execution. So if we make it too complex, our patients won't say yes. The goal is, with these exams, this is what I tell all the doctors we work with, I say, your goal is, docs, that you say an exam, and then by the time the patient walks up to the front desk, they should be able to tell the front desk what they need to come back for, when they need to come back for, and how much time. And so this office that I was using the example of the 50% to 100%, the patients literally would walk up front and they'd say, oh, Dr. So-and-so said I need to come back in two weeks for the crown and I need about an hour and a half. The patient was saying that, not the team members, the patient knew that. 
They've been trained. And this is just in one day. They had it. I mean, it was the first time we had done it, but it was so clear the patient had already connected in without us doing it. So then what you do is you have your back office schedule. Um, I always like the assistants or whomever's back there to say, okay, cool. So our uh, doctor needs to see you back in two weeks. It looks like they're available on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Let's reserve that time. If we can schedule in the back office, there's an emphasis on treatment, not an emphasis on money. Um, and if your team is is leery about that, that's totally fine. They don't have to schedule. That's just my preference. Then when we go up front, the back office team says exactly what the doctor said. Hey, Kira, here's Art. Dr. So-and-so wants to see um, Art back for that crown on the top right or wants to see him back for treatment on the upper right. If you've got patients, you can keep it HIPAA compliant. Wants to see him back in two weeks for about an hour and a half. His cleaning is scheduled. His recare is scheduled. This is Sarah. She'll take great care of you. So you complete these perfect handoffs and the verbiage is there. Handoffs. That's the word I was just going to say. That's the handoff. Yes. And yep. then your front office says the exact same thing. So I'd say, oh my gosh, Art, so great to see you. How was your visit? You tell me it's great. Beautiful. Well, let's get you scheduled. Um, two weeks. It looks like I've got something Wednesday at three o'clock. Let's reserve that for you. So even but, your front office puts the emphasis on the treatment before they put the emphasis on the money. Um, there's lots of ways to work around that, but I found this will really help. It's not to it's not to not share money. I love to talk about money. Money is just a way to pay for services. But I found that if I'm if I'm creating objections right from the get go versus focusing on I whenever doctor says treatment, my job, my assumption is we're getting the treatment done. I assume Art wants to do it, so that's how I'm going to act. And if Art's doing it. I want to find the best time. I want to reserve it. And then we're going to discuss details of finances and just make it work for him. Because I've gotten, I was just going to ask you about that. I was, I was going to actually role play and say, but, but Dr. Kira, I, 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 how much is this going to cost? I'm really worried about that. And then, you know, I've gotten some people who say the doctor should never talk about money. And I've got mm-hmm. other people who say the doctor needs to know what he or she charges. So where, where are you on all this and how do we, who has the money conversation and when does it happen? Really good question. I am, I don't have a hard and fast. I think it depends on the doctor. So if doctors are going to always um, give discounts on their treatment, they should not be the one to talk money. Sometimes it gets uncomfortable for doctors. And so that's often why they say doctors shouldn't talk money. Myself included, when I talk consulting package prices, I would much rather somebody else talk about it because I feel people are assuming that I'm paying for my boat, which I don't even have a boat, but I assume that. And so I feel funny about it. And so if doctors feel that way at all, I recommend they don't talk about money because they're going to discount their services when that's not necessary and that's not needed. Um, often we we misinterpret the silence as rejection versus them just processing. And so if a doctor's super confident and they're not going to discount, by all means, they are more than welcome to close treatment plans, by all means. If not, I recommend either, I actually train back offices to talk money. I also train the front office to talk money. So if you have the availability um, to have your back office team present treatment plans, beautiful. I think you get better close rates chair side than you do in the front office. However, if not, um, some offices love consult rooms. Other offices love just at the front desk. I have seen it work everywhere. I think the biggest piece is every person on the team needs to assume the yes, meaning we assume every patient wants to do the treatment. If we trust our doctors, if we believe in our doctor's diagnosing, then I assume that every person's going to to do the treatment. My job is just to find the solution of how they're going to pay for it. And I always assume that they can pay for it. And if not, then I find solutions. I don't create problems before the patient even tells me they have a problem. Yeah, we don't want to diagnose the patient's pocketbook. That's what we don't want to do, right? Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about... Uh, Assist, you, you know, you you have also talked about assisted hygiene. I don't see that a lot, but that's a way that a hygienist can see more than eight patients a day, I guess. And mm-hmm. so, how do you use that in your practices? Uh, so I put on here assisted hygiene because right now I know, and the only reason I'm advocating or promoting it right now is because I think so many offices are struggling to hire hygienists, and so because of that, I think this is a creative way to to maximize your practice while you're in the pinch for finding a hygienist. My preferred is not assisted hygiene. My preference is actually just 
um, one patient per hour for your hygienist or however you choose to set it up. However, this is getting creative with your schedule. So that way you can see the new patients. You can see that backlog of patients from COVID. I know we're rolling into the months where uh, we're probably going to see a, a down side from this, but you might be the practice that's still jamming and having so many patients without having a hygienist. So what I found is um, assisted hygiene, a lot of offices right now that can't hire a hygienist, what we're doing is we're getting really creative. So what that what I have done with some of them is let's say on Friday, the office usually works from nine to four. And we see patients and we have three hygienists or two hygienists that are working that day and we have two assistants. Well, what I've done is I've closed off doctor production, which sounds scary at first, so hear me out. If I close doctor's production at, say, 12 o'clock, that opens up four more hours because we're going from 12 to four, four more hours where my two or three hygienists, let's say we have two, my two hygienists, we could actually open up four columns of hygiene by using our two assistants because our assistants can help uh, take the x-rays, we can have our doctor just doing exams, but we could actually open up about if we had two more columns and we had four days that's or four hours, that's eight more appointment spots just in one day. Well, some doctors get really nervous to close off. That's four hours of doctor production. Being a treatment coordinator, being a scheduler, being an office manager, I will promise you, I can still, if I maneuver my schedule correctly and I know I only have my doctor hour until 12 o'clock that day and then it opens to hygiene, I know I can, I'm not going to block my doctor with silly little things items on that Friday. That Friday is going to be high, high, heavy production because I only have my doctor working three hours that day and I'm going to have all assistants on deck and then they're going to turn to assisted hygiene. So that is where I love to bring in assisted hygiene. It doesn't have to be for a full day. It doesn't have to be all the time. Um, it doesn't have to get crazy, but it is a great way right now to be able to open up more hygiene spots, even without extending your hours, even without bringing on new team members. It's just utilizing what you already have in your practice just in a different way. So what you're doing, you're giving up maybe three or four hours of doctor production time. But aren't we gaining from that? The doctor's got more time to spend with the patient and can maybe diagnose more. And maybe we get more production down the road that makes up for those lost hours. For sure. I think a lot of doctors might say with assisted hygiene that they won't have as much time because they're they're seeing four exams per hour versus seeing the two exams per hour. However, you're not seeing any patients. But what I will say is hygiene feeds the doctor's schedule. So what we're doing is we're opening up more hygiene patients to feed that production schedule later on. And yes, I promise you, I promise, promise, promise being a treatment coordinator for years I can make your schedule just as productive on less hours if I know those are my parameters and I know the expectation. You don't lower your production goal, none of those things. I used to book doctors really strategically on those days when I knew I was cutting doctor production for that hygiene to be able to see more hygiene patients. It really, you're exactly right. It just, it allows for more production later on because we're seeing more hygiene patients and docs, you're not doing any production. So you really are just doing four exams in one hour. You do have more thorough exams. So, so do you have like an extra brain sitting next to you, like in a hard drive or something? Because this, I mean, you, the amount of information you've disseminated in the last 45 minutes or so is remarkable. Thank you. Um, I, I think it's great. I love it. My last name's Dent Art. How can I not enjoy dentistry with a last name of Dent? I can just sit here and love it. That that is correct, and and that is a requirement to be on this show. No, actually, <laughs> so so um, I, I know that doctors talk to me a lot about meetings, and team meetings, and um, they they complain about that the team meeting ends up to be a bitch session. The team meeting ends up being a social hour, and we don't ever get anything done. So, how about give us some tips, Kira, about how do we run a really good, efficient, and worthwhile meeting with our team? How often do you like to do that, too? Yeah. Well, our I, I like massive love to all those offices dealing with really crummy meetings. That was me. I think my worst meeting ever was when I my hygienist and my assistants weren't getting along. So being a naive business owner, being a naive office manager, I was like, oh, I've got the best idea. Let's bring them together, have them air it all out. And we're just going to clear the air. We'll come up with solutions. 
oh, that was the worst thing I ever could have done. I had, I feel like I put two beta fish in a tank and just watched them fight for the entire meeting. And I didn't know how to stop it. Um, I've been there. I've seen it. <laughs> so I will say um, through coaching several offices, I've been lucky to find um, one of my favorite resources. And it's a free resource is um, the Traction book. It's by Gina Wickman. And it's called... Um, get a grip on your business. And so what I found with that book is it literally walks you step by step through how to run a level 10 meeting. Um, This has changed my business. This has changed my meetings with teams. And the way you run a level 10 meeting is it has a little segue at the beginning. So everybody comes and they talk about something great in their personal life and their professional life. It's really quick. And you guys, you can just pop on, you can even Google EOS, um, the entrepreneurial operating system. And you can look for their level 10 meetings. So I like to run these to answer your question, Art. It depends on the practice. If you're just starting out, run them at least once a month. If you've been doing meetings for a while and they're used to it, I like to run these every week. In my own company, I personally run a level 10 meeting every single week for at least one hour. And then I also will run a quarterly meeting every 90 days. That's an eight hour meeting. Um, so that does sound a little crazy. When I first heard it, I was like, no way. So I started with just once a month with these high level meetings, and then I was able to gradually work into it. Um, and the way you do it is, like I said, there's the segue of the personal professional. And the reason you do that is to get everybody into this really, really high, um, high energy positivity mode. So that way they go into meeting mode. It also clicks in the brain that we're switching to meeting mode. Then after that, um, we review our rocks or the goals that we're working on for the quarter. And we find out, are those on track or off track? Um, I found so often that companies lose sight of what they're really focused on. Why are we even having these meetings? So if you want to do your monthly goals, if you want to do your quarterly goals or your yearly goals, I don't really care. Just make sure you refocus back on the goals that you're setting for for your team. Um, And often doctors are super scared to set goals for teams. Being a team member myself, I will tell you, I loved having goals because I actually knew what my doctor wanted. I knew and there was clear expectations of what I was aiming for, what I was working towards. And no, that doesn't mean I had to have a bonus. It just meant I had clarity and that's what I like. Most teams get frustrated because expectations aren't met and it's because the expectations aren't clear. So that's why I love to have these quarterly goals that your whole team's focused on. And every single week or every month, whenever you're doing these meetings, you focus on that. Then after that, what I like to do is it's called the issues list building. And it's five minutes where you just list off the issues that are in the company. And it doesn't matter what they are. It could be from this person's balance to we don't have a good system for taking time off to we don't know how to get our AR down, our AR is out of control to our overhead's too high. But what we do is it's five minutes and I literally set a timer and the team just lists these. We're not solving them. We're just listing them. And what I found, this is the most important exercise of an effective meeting, is when you list these ideas out, you can actually see patterns. So, so often we just try to go down the line of, oh, well, let's fix this, let's fix this, let's fix this. But if you look at all those issues together as one whole, you'll notice several of those issues actually are the same topic or one of them will solve the other issue if we solved it. So you combine them together. So let's say I've got a list of 20 items I try to combine them down to usually it's, it typically ends up being three to four true actual issues with subcategories underneath them. Then once you figure out those subcategories, you choose the top one issue to solve that's going to move your company forward the most. Yes, there's 20 items on that list. You've consolidated it down to four, but you just choose one item to focus on for that meeting that's going to move the company forward. That, that's the problem is is the doctors they say, okay, so we're going to handle these 20 things in this meeting and we're going to get them all done by Monday. And they never happen. Nope. The other thing about running good meetings is that you find out about your team. You have you, you have the person who sits there with their arms folded and doesn't ever say a word or is, um, you know, negative. And, and, and you really find out what your team is made of because mm-hmm. – you know, you as the leader, and, and I want your thoughts on this, and then we're going to have to wrap this thing up. But um, as the leader, you set the vision, but you need the team's help. Now, you're going to ask for their advice and you're going to ask for their input, but 
you are you as the doctor are going to make the final decision. And like you say, if if you make it a priority that we're going to really push sleep apnea in this practice, or if you make it a priority, like you were saying earlier about uncompleted treatment plans, that we have to get these out of there. There's there's hundreds of thousands of dollars in every single dentist's dentrix, Eagle Soft, Open Dental. It's all there. They just have to get it. But that, I mean, talk a little bit about leadership uh, in these meetings and in a practice. Absolutely. Um, I think we we want everything solved today. And so by doing so, that means nothing really gets solved. There's one of my favorite books called Essentialism. It's by Greg McCowan. Um, but in that book, I remember reading it as I just started out business. And one of my favorite images was he had these two circles and one had all these tiny little arrows, like really, really close to the circle. But there was so many circles or, or so many arrows around it. And then the other circle just had one straight arrow going really far outside of it. And that was the idea of when you have too many things that you're focused on, you make very small progress in all these areas and nothing really moves forward versus when you have one clear focus, your team can actually resonate. We all work on that and you can have massive movement forward. And so as a leader, it's hard. I'm a leader. I own I own a couple different businesses and I, I run different practices. And what I found is if I'm not clear as a leader, how do I expect my team to be clear? Right. So if you can get clarity and guess what? You might not be able to figure it out. So that's where you use the power of the team. Ask them, if we can only solve one of these issues today, what's going to move our company and our, our practice forward and have a VIP experience for our patients, but also a VIP experience for our team. Um, that really will help. And then call out those people that aren't participating. Ask them by name. Ask them to come up with a solution. And the goal is in these meetings, and this is one of my favorite phrases, and as leaders, if you can like bring this in and remind your team over and over and over again, the reason we list these issues is to solve it forever. So we don't want this to come back up in two months. We don't want it to come back up in a year. How do we truly solve this issue forever? And when I started implementing that in practices in my own company, and we started looking to solve problems forever, we started creating bigger and better solutions that were more simple most of the time. And we've seen massive traction and forward in our companies and in our practices. So that's one of my favorite things for teams. It just changes their mindset. So the la- and and I I would just like to sit here for hours and talk to you about dentistry because you have such an incredible wealth of knowledge and I I learn every single time even after thirty six years in this profession. Um, but um, the last thing I want to touch on is obviously we're five months five and a half months into COVID uh, into the COVID uh, pandemic. And we know that the pent-up demand after doctors have been closed for eight to 12 weeks and doctors had a lot of really strong June, July, and maybe even August. But now we're coming into September. Now we got the unemployment's running out. There's all kinds of things going on. We got an election coming up. So what can we do? Last, maybe one or two gems to, to, to try and keep that book filled both in hygiene and the doctor production. So when we get into, what did you call it, September? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as we get into September, uh, September, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. all these different months, what can we do to keep the momentum going? And then we'll, we'll call it a podcast. Yes. Um, I am really big on whatever you believe is what you're going to create. So if you think it's going to be a September, it's going to become a September. Um, So, and making sure as leaders that you are crystal clear and optimistic for the future. So your team will follow you. Um, Extreme Ownership is another one of my favorite books. And they say the leader at the helm is like your team's a direct reflection of that leader. So helping your team really see that we can do it and then having them create and collaborate with you is going to help a lot. So ask them, guys, our problem is that our hygiene schedule is not full. What can we do right now? Um, In my coaching calls, I just talked to an office manager uh, last week. And so we are creating lots of different ideas through social media strategy, through marketing strategy, because her recare list, she's a rock star office and they have like... I think 50 total people on her entire unscheduled list because we've been working for two years to get that list down. So she doesn't have a lot. So that's where we went to external marketing. But use your team. So I would say right now to help build that up. Number one, you don't have to go for out external patients. Look inside. Get the referral process going with your with all the people that are your raving fans. And maybe do giveaways during September and October. 
Also look to see, I can't tell you how many family members are not scheduled in your practice. That is a huge wealth. And you can ask them like, hey, uh, what other family members can we schedule for you? Notice I'm not asking, do you have other family members? I'm saying, what other family members can we schedule for you? That's gonna help build that up. And then really making sure it's crazy because when your patients come in, make sure you're giving them VIP and looking for um, ways to to do same day treatment. I my first practice that I owned, we took from five hundred thousand to two point four million in nine months, and everybody asked me how we did it. And there's a lot of factors, but one of the biggest factors was we were incredible on same day treatment. We were quick on being able yep. to turn around. And so, if you have hygiene patients, do same day if your schedule's open. Look for the recare opportunities for the patients that are already there. People always think they have to get on their call list as soon as somebody cancels. And what I've told them is so often, if you just look at your schedule that day, there's so much dentistry that can be done. There's patients that don't have their cleaning scheduled. And it's crazy because you think you've got tight systems, but all of us have holes in our systems. And so looking even on your same day for opportunities, there are so many opportunities every single day. They say the most productive chair is an empty chair if you're willing to turn it into to production. So look for those same day opportunities. Make sure your team is calling and have them report to you. Don't just assume it's being done. Wow. I'm, my head is about ready to blow up. I'm telling <laughs> you that this is just, uh, this is, we're approaching 100 podcasts and this is one of the most informative ones that I've ever had. So thank you so much for all uh, that you gave our listeners today. So thank you. Um, first of all, tell us how do we listen to your podcast, Kira? Yeah, come on over. Um, I try to. Our what we just did today is usually like five or six podcasts on the dental aid team because I try to keep them short, and so that way you get the topic of treatment planning or the topic of cancellation. So yes, I agree. Our, as I was as you were asking me questions, I'm like, gosh, guys, like I hope your heads are not spitting too much, but take action, um, even if it's just one thing. So pop on over to the dental aid team podcast, um, we, and we do it purposely to help your teams grow as well. So it's geared for teams and doctors to help you all reach higher levels. How often do you publish? Um, we do three podcasts a week. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Arts I just got huge. Um, we have so many team members that listen on their way to work. Um, offices that will do raffles. So they'll say, hey, for these two weeks, we're going to ask three questions and whoever gets the most right wins a prize. It's really fun. Do, do you ever sleep? I have a question. Do you ever sleep? I just learned Probably to talk not. really fast. People say, how did you close all your treatment plans? And I said, I just talked so fast that they didn't even know what they were signing and just signed because they felt great. I love it. I so, love it. yes. Well, last time, give, give out your contact information, Kira, and then uh, hang on. Uh, I'll give my uh, my exit and then we'll uh, we'll call it a day. Yes, absolutely. And thank you again, Art. Um, so if you guys want more help or free resources, anything we talked about, pop on over to thedentalyteam.com. Um, that hiring course was thedentalyteam.com backslash hiring. You Use coupon code HIRE7, or you can always email us, hello at thedentalateam.com. I love it. Kira Dent, you are a gift to the dental profession, and you have young energy. I'm uh, I'm so glad to have uh, gotten to know you a little bit today, and uh, I hope, doctors, that you take this podcast. Maybe you give it... Um, you give it to some of your team members to listen to as they're driving to and from work because it's got a lot of really great information. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Yes, thank uh, you. Appreciate your, your your time. So again, folks, if you want to get a hold of me in my office in Tustin, that's uh, 657-279-3243. In addition to that, um, uh, email me at awiederman at eidbailey, that's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. One thing I didn't point out at the beginning, I want to point out here, our next podcast is going to be up on the seventh, the 16th. This one will be up on September 9th. On the 16th, uh, we're going to have a, a special podcast on the Research and Development Tax Credit, which is a big, big deal. We, we can get a lot of you tens of thousands of dollars in federal and state tax credits if you're doing new procedures and and everything, new procedures, new materials. So um, I had a doctor, one of my long-term clients, who said, I'm going to go ahead and send in the information because we're using lasers for a bunch of new things. So what you want to do, doctors, is go onto our website, which is www.idbailey.com forward slash dental rd. That's 
forward slash dental RD. And you will be able to click on and fill out a questionnaire that will allow us to take a look and see. Now, this credit is not for everybody, probably not pediatric dentist, probably not a practice that's doing two or three or 400000 a year because you got to have salaries and people doing this stuff. But it is a humongous deal, and we have a whole group at iBailey that does that. And uh, we got one of our clients, uh, prostodont, big prostodontic group, uh, over four years, almost $400,000 in tax credits. It, it's really fun when you're doing these amended tax returns. Um, go to decisionsindentistry.com, our partner. Uh, click on if you want a complimentary 30-minute consultation with a dental CPA, either myself or one from the Academy or one from Hyde Bailey. We'll, we'll, we're all here to help you. And go to our website for the Academy of Dental CPAs, www.adcpa.org. Make sure you go to uh, M. Rosen um, at um, M. Rosen at rosencpagroup.com if you'd like to register for the uh, Parkinson's uh, virtual run that Mark is sponsoring. And it's, it's so wonderful that he's doing that. Kira, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. And um, that is it for this episode of The Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA. Remember my saying, folks, failure is not an option. Keep working hard on your practice. Dentistry is going to come out of this stronger than ever. I think Kira and I both believe that. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast is produced by Ide Bailey in partnership with Art Wiederman, CPA, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, and the Academy of Dental CPAs. For audience questions and feedback, email Art Wiederman, awiederman at idebailey.com. That's a W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. Or you may call Art at 657-279-3243.